Welcome to Fleet Safety Geeks. I'm Bob. And I'm Phil. And we welcome you to our podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Fleet Safety Geeks. I am here with Phil Mosier and we have special guest uh, Bethany Brownholtz from True Software. Bethany, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you on. Um, so you're from True Software and you've been listening to our podcast and it seems like you've kind of enjoyed what you're hearing. I'm a bit and of a you... fangirl, yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, we love it. Um, and you had reached out to us saying that you wanted to interview us. So we're actually doing a podcast of you interviewing us and uh, we're pretty excited about that. I'm so pumped. Thanks for being willing. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we go, uh, so everybody and our, our listeners and watchers know who you are, can you introduce your company and yourself? Sure. So I'm Bethany. I'm a marketing campaign manager for True Software. And we specialize in basically mobile device distraction in the workplace. So whatever's around a device ends up determining what's on the device. So we use like context sensing technology to reduce employee risk and improve productivity. So we're serving up the right applications to the right user at the right time. So that means anywhere where there's like a risky work environment, like on the road, for example, or construction site or warehouse, we're helping to reduce those digital distractions. No, that sounds great. Is it an app on a phone or is it on any electronic device or how does that work? It's any mobile device, so tablet or phone, and it it's installed on the devices. Okay. Um, Phil, we've had no cell on, and and it seems like it's maybe a similar thing there, but it's it's kind of neat your um, how you're using it, uh, Bethany, with uh, construction sites, probably you know maybe trucking companies and and other things that that seems like it would be really useful. Yeah. So any kind of high risk working environment, it can apply. So we have like geofencing or time of day, different contextual factors that also are combined with the company policy to then enforce that policy in different environments. So it's dynamic and can change across the workday, depending on what the user is doing, where they are, what's going on around them. Right. No, that's great. Phil and I, we like to talk about um, changing driver behavior, following policy. Um, basically, we say, put your phone down and don't be an idiot. <laughs> but we know that technology is going to come into play and, and assist with, with some of this. And it's probably necessary. And yeah. any manufacturer of a vehicle should have something in there that doesn't allow a vehicle, a phone to be used. Phones should be automatic to, to not be used. But if we have to put this app or the software on, I think that, that, that that's a, a very valuable uh, tool. So that's great. Yeah, Do you have any thoughts totally. on that, Phil? I don't want to say all the, all the talking here. Oh, no, that's fine. Uh, no, I just, I like the idea that it's just not addressing, um, you know, that it's addressing all workplace. And, and Bethany, I was really glad to hear you say about the, the driving workplace, right? A lot of times yeah. people don't realize, you know, that, that for a lot of, you know, for, for many of the people that we um, are doing this for, are the people who have to drive as part of their job, and that is their workplace. And it is the most dangerous workplace in the country. I mean, it, it truly is. And, and it's it's often forgotten that that is a workplace and just the, the risks involved with that. Uh, people who have really risky jobs, they probably have more of a risk driving to their workplace than they do when they're at work. 
because the safeguards are put in place there. But what about when they're driving? So I'm glad to hear that you're uh, mm -hmm. you're addressing all workplaces, including driving. Thanks. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, so now that we know who you are and who Truce is, um, I think that's great. Um, you're welcome to uh, move on to whatever you want if you have any questions for us. Yes, yes. So well, you got to clear this up for me. What's the difference between a fleet safety nerd and a fleet safety geek? I think a fleet safety nerd has a pocket protector. <laughs> <laughs> Do we still talk about po pocket protectors? I don't know. <laughs> um, but no. Um, no, a fleet safety geek is just, you know, people who geek out talking about stuff they really enjoy talking about. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so with that in mind, how did you both get into safety and what about safety stuck for you? Phil, you start there. You you really introduced it to me, and I've I'm a fanboy of you, Phil. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, well, I was a police officer, and uh, uh, my training that I received on the police department was in uh, reconstructing car crashes. So I was the guy that got called out for any wow. of the more. Um, severe crashes you know if it was a fatal or what might become a fatal i i got called uh and it didn't take long for me to understand the importance of this and uh then i got involved in doing corporate safety training and you know for different organizations and that's how i met bob so. ah. yeah and i i've been managing fleets for 23 years now um and safety has always been an important part of fleet management um, um, I started with safe light in Columbus and, and we, um, had a, uh, like a fleet safety committee, you know, we would, um, I don't know if that's exactly what it was called, but what we did is we would write safety policy, um, partnering with the risk department and we'd, um, you know, travel to the field. We'd involve, um, uh, a, a local market, you know, we'd spend three days with them. They'd help write policy. We'd go over, you know, things. So it was always a big part of what we did. Um, then I went into a uh, government fleet and I, um, managed a, a police fleet. So I got to see a lot of the police things and I got to see a lot of the after effects of the accidents. I wasn't out there reconstructing and I wasn't an officer, but I did see a lot of it, um, you know, come through either at impound or, you know, going out with some of the, uh, sheriff deputies. And then when I, um, went to Steris where I'm at now, um, Phil was working with us, uh, through the company he was, um, um, uh, providing services for. And I was just blown away with the training and the level of what, what Phil would go over. Um, and I, I just had to sit in on a class. I had to be in the vehicle when they were doing the, the driving and a funny story. Um, <laughs> I was wearing my dress shoes and, you know, not a technician, but I had all the technicians in, in the van that we were in. And, um, you know, he would say, you know, go straight down and accelerate as fast as you can and don't break until I tell you. And um, oh my so God. I went and I'm accelerating <laughs> and uh, he's like, okay, stop. And I plow right through the cones and everybody's in the car like, whoa, the fleet manager can't even stop when he's supposed to. My foot, my dress shoe got stuck sliding from the gas pedal over to the brake. I didn't lift it up and put it on the brake pedal. I was sliding it over and the lip of the dress shoe got stuck underneath the brake pedal and I couldn't lift it up. 
Oh my God. <laughs> so if nothing else, it was a good thing to kind of, you know, talk about and, you know, how to lift your foot off a pedal and back onto a pedal and just do that. Proper so. shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, Bethany, that after that training class, I went back to work and asked for a raise. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, that's so cool. I was going to ask how you guys met. So that's, that's a really fun story. So between that and starting the podcast, what made you decide to start a podcast and more specifically a podcast about fleet safety? I can well, if you want, Bob. No. Yeah, go for it. So Bob and I would see each other at various trade shows, you know, fleet uh, and safety trade shows. So, um, we were sitting having a beer. We weren't driving. And um, <laughs> he, uh, we started talking and Bob said, whenever we talk, we're, we always, you know, start talking about safety. I said, can't help it, Bob. You know, I'm a, I'm a safety geek. And then we're talking a <laughs> and Bob made some comment like, well, you know, I've been wanting to do a podcast. We should do a podcast. We'll call it the, the safety geeks. And then how did you come up with the, the fleet safety geeks, Bob? I think you, uh, yeah. When you said you were a safety geek, I'm like, what a great name for a podcast. So I went out there and, and tried to find it. Well, I said, we should start a podcast and you're like, okay, you know, probably not thinking it would ever happen. Um, <laughs> that's true. A lot of people throw that around. <laughs> right. So I went out there to try and see if safety geeks was available. It was already taken. But we're in fleet, so it just became fleet safety geeks. And then I follow up with Phil, and he's like, oh, so we're doing this. <laughs> and here you are so many episodes yeah. later, which is a good segue. I don't know if you can if you can pick favorites, but I'm curious if you have a favorite episode or two and why. Ah, man, you know, any kind of safety geek talking about safety, all of them would be our favorites. Um, let's talk about the ones that have performed the best and okay. angry Phil <laughs> is that the is one favorite. that <laughs> Phil got on and he's like, you know, he, he was just fed up, you know, fatalities are increasing. We can't seem to slow this down. People are still doing the wrong things. And angry Phil came on and he, he was just like, we've got to change what we do as a this country is not strict enough as far as other countries. That is probably the most downloaded um, episode that we've had. Mm. Um, so that seems to be a fan favorite. Um, for me, I really liked just because I really am about policy and I really mm. think that, you know, helping people learn how to, you know, develop a fleet safety policy program. The, the safety policy series was a lot of fun. We had a lot of special guests on. We had a lot of people that really contributed to that. So that was a fun series for me. But Phil, how about you? Angry Phil, was that your favorite? Angry Phil was my favorite. And, and, and the reason I need to get you was, on a rant today. Yeah, right. <laughs> it wouldn't take much, Bethany. It would not take much. I know you're from <laughs> Philly. <laughs> yeah, that's, my, that's right. That's my Philadelphia attitude. Or as they say, it's... It just irritates me that, and what struck me was that there were different trade shows that were coming up and um, fleet trade shows, and safety wasn't on any of the agendas. It was all about the electric vehicles and things like that. And I went, are you kidding me? We are at the highest fatality rates that we've seen in 19 years, and they're not even, it's not even part of the agenda. It wasn't even a, a discussion point. 
So I got kind of angry about that. And it came through on the podcast. And, uh, you know, I, listen, we're, we're far too accepting, in my opinion, of, of safety, of, of, of uh, fatalities. Um, there are other countries that do a far better job than what we do. Uh, impairment, distraction, all these things, um, they should be a stigma in our society. And I know we're going to talk about distraction because, um, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's so rampant. I mean, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. So yeah, it wouldn't take much, Bethany, to get me to be angry. Phil, okay. Again. Just I, wait. I, I won't hold out and turn green, <laughs> I promise or anything like that. But yeah, that was my favorite one because I think that we were, I mean, not that we're never not honest. We're pretty blunt. Uh, I think in this podcast, <laughs> to say it was a little bit more blunt that day. Gotcha. <laughs> Along those same lines, what's something that surprised you or that you've learned in the process of developing the podcast? Uh, we've learned how to be geekier. <laughs> I've, I've never done a podcast before. You know, we started out with an audio podcast. I had never edited one. I had never, I'm not a producer. You know, Phil and I, we don't, we're not podcasters. We're not radio people. We're not public speakers, even though Phil, I think would do a great job public speaking, but um, we just like to chat about safety. Um, but then we realized, oh, we also have to, you know, put this out there so people can, can listen to it. So I've learned how to be geekier. I've always been kind of geeky with stuff like that. Um, but we went from audio, you know, using uh, my son was 13 at the time when we started this and he's like, Oh, you should use discord. And that's like the, the platform yeah. that like gamers use to yeah. chat with each other and stuff. Um, but the nice thing about discord is it did have like a really good recording rate. It was like CD quality audio recording rate. Um, and then I, I edited it with audacity, which was a free editing software for audio. But then, you know, everybody's doing like video podcasts as well and putting it out there and i didn't want to just an audio version on youtube so i was like well let's figure out a way to do video so now i got to figure out how to do editing of video as well so um if anything else the the techie stuff for me is is really what i've learned from this um phil obviously is very knowledgeable about all things safety yeah so hopefully a lot of our listeners or watchers you know are picking up a, a lot of good tips um phil how about you I guess I was surprised that, um, well, the number of countries where it's it's listened to. I mean, it's 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 really that struck me as uh, I didn't expect that, but uh, I'm glad to see that um, that some people are tuning in and and we're getting some good positive feedback from it. But and it's going to sound totally geeky, uh, but that's hey, appropriately. Go to town. If we, if we say one thing in one podcast that one person shares with a driver or as they, they, they learn from for themselves that saves one crash, it's worth all the effort. I hate totally. crashes. I mean, we both hate crashes because they ruin lives. So um, that's the that's the whole thing, right? I mean, we, we but it just surprised me that you know, we're in Europe and the middle east we're seeing people in africa and it's just that, that was yeah a there's a huge thing. need for what yeah. you guys are doing so thank yeah you safe for... driving is safe driving i don't care where you are right right yep, right. right exactly right. so speaking of crashes um in a couple of episodes you talk about 
you know, let them come to a crash site and see what it's like and have to call the families, have to knock on the window. It sounds like you've had to do that. You know, can you talk a little bit about that experience and how it's changed you? Yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously, you know, my, my background, uh, uh, I always say if, uh, if people would go to a crash scene and see it and smell it and hear it, they would change the way they drive. Um, and then, so people, uh, people have said, you know, well, so you had to go to the, you know, to, to the scenes and where there were people who were dead. Yeah. You know, that's why I was there. Um, and you know, all the autopsies and things like that. But when I'm on the scene, that was, that was like, I had a job to do, right. So that you do that. And any cop would tell you this, but the roughest part was then dealing with the families what I call the living yeah. room time, because when you do a full blown reconstruction, you, you talk to the family members and then you, you do what are called pre-trip events. You find out like what was going on with the person 24 hours, 48 hours, even 72 hours prior to the crash. Was there something happening in their lives that may have been a distraction? Were they having health issues and all of that? So you get to know the, the family members. And, and what I always say is that when I would have to go up and talk to the families, I knew that no matter what I said, it was not going to help them. It was not going to make it any better. Uh, and uh, it just, people learn how to cope with it. You know, lost, losing a loved one like that. Um, but they never get over it. And the thing of it is, is that that's happening 12 times every hour. And this, and just in the U.S., 12 times every hour, families are having to deal with that. You know, the families and the loved ones and the coworkers and things like that. So, yeah, uh, it, people would change the way they drive if they saw the results. There, there are consequences to bad decisions for bad driving. You know, when, when people are driving. Yeah. Um, piggybacking on that, what do you think is the top danger to fleet drivers today on the road? Pretty easy. Distraction. Yeah. yeah. You know, people get to where they're going. They don't know how they got there. People are on their phones. You, mm. you pull up to an intersection, you see people just, you know, they have their phones up or they're, they have the thing stuck in their ear and they're, they're talking and they're not certainly not paying attention to the driving. And the problem was during the epidemic, you know, the, during the pandemic, we, you know, the only lifeline people had to the outside world was their electronics and they're addicting. They are absolutely addicting. And people have heard me say this time and again on this podcast. Um, people can't go to the bathroom without the damn phone. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. And, and they've not put the phones down now that they're behind the wheel. So I think electronics, I mean, there are other, there are other distractions, obviously, you know, eating. I had a guy pull up behind me the other day when I was driving into work, he had some kind of a giant sandwich in foil wrapping on, he was munching on and I'm thinking, don't hit me, dude, you know, um, but you <laughs> no cheesesteak is worth it. No I was going to say it's that. a Philly cheesesteak. But the thing, the, the thing of it is that how often do you see that in comparison to how many times you see people using their electronics when driving it's the yeah it's, it's the, culturally uh, accepted it it's is culturally culture, accepted culture. and that bethany is why angry phil came out was because it should <laughs> not be culturally accepted and then the other issue i have is impairment impairment is especially 
um, with legalized, uh, you know, uh, marijuana use, I have a real concern about how that's all going to play out. It's going to get bad. It's going to get really bad. That's my concern. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. With that in mind, what advice would you give to someone entering the industry as a driver or a, a safety manager? Now, Bob, you handle safety. I know. Um, what, what what do you tell your drivers? I mean, I have I have a uh, my ideas, but well, our ideas are probably very similar. You know, any new driver that comes to our company, we go through a new hire orientation. A big portion of that is 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 centered around safety. Um, what to do behind the wheel, what the implications are going to be if if you can't follow our policy, and we'll tell them. I mean, that could include death. You know, we don't want that to happen to anybody who works for our company. Um, we share a, uh, a really good video uh, made by Lexus of, of all videos that we have found. We used to show a video of like a girl getting on her phone and she's checking something out and then she gets into an accident and rolls over and blood splatters on the windshield. And, you know, it's sobering and it's all that, you know, but it's, you know, it, it's just too much of a bummer. You know, we found this one by Lexus where it, it, it whites out the, the glass. So uh, for 4.6 seconds, which they say is the average time that someone will spend looking at a phone to check a text or a message. Um, it, it makes their windows unable to, to see out all of the, all of the glass. So while they're driving and they don't know what's going to happen and they're going through a road course and trying to do some stuff, um, they just black out the windows for 4.6 seconds. And of course they're all over the road. They're hitting things. They're running over like these fake, you know, you know, uh, people, bicyclists, whatever. And it's a really good video. I, I wish I could share it here. Maybe I'll cut it in and, and, uh, share it in, in the video itself. But, um, um, we, we tell our drivers that they need to be safe on the road, that, that their, their job, their number one job when they're behind the wheel is to drive even if they were hired to do something else. Yeah. Um, How do we you tell them, keep up with the ongoing training? So like when they arrive, you stress it really hard. And then I think sometimes things fade with time and people get complacent. How do you keep it fresh for them? Yeah. So we do a lot of, of training. So, you know, we talk about it, new hire orientation. We do the new hire training behind the wheel and classroom. And then we keep that going with, um, um, monthly training videos through our uh, safety provider. Uh, we have a safety blast that goes out every other week. Health and safety is sending one for trips and falls and, and being safe in buildings the off week. Um, we have a safe driving work week every quarter. Mm. So they get a daily safety blast that, that just sort of always talks about it. And the reason we spend so much time putting this information out there is to develop that culture of safety, right? Just make it a part of what they're thinking about all the time. Right. Um, instead of waiting until they've had a preventable accident and then give them a training session. Hey, you know what you did wrong? <laughs> Maybe do this. We'll give that to them first, right? Don't let the accident happen. And of course we do monitor MVRs. We do, you know, do training as a result of that. But everything that we do is to try and make the driver better, not try and punish them for being bad. Yeah. Yeah, and as far as a um, you know, message that I would give to any driver is, listen, the, the most important thing you do is you go home. You know, mm -hmm. you could be the best employee your company has ever hired. You could be, you know, 
great family person. You are just killing it. You're doing great. But if you lose your life in a car wreck, it all ends. You know, and the thing of it is, crashes happen in, you know, Bob was saying, you know, 4.6 seconds, but I reconstruct crashes. I, I will chart the, the vehicles, and if people get a half a second back, even a quarter second back, they miss. They Everybody goes home. It's that fast. And how many wow. seconds do people give away to distraction? And so that's my big concern. You know, uh, you can go long distance. I mean, so 65 miles per hour is what, 88 feet per second? 90, no, 91 feet. I'll have to do the math here. 65 times 1.467. That'll give you feet per second. But anyway, if you look, look, look down for a few seconds, guess what? You've gone the length of a football field without looking, without paying attention. So that is just totally unsafe. You know, uh, I would just tell people, listen, and as Bob said, um, when you're driving, drive. That's your job. That's your job when you're behind the wheel. Drive, right? And if mm-hmm. and anything that's distracting you, you need to stop. You know, including right. conversations with other drivers or other uh, you know, uh, passengers and things like that. It, you know, my kids knew if I had to say these words, do I need to stop this car? They would stop whatever they were doing because <laughs> I stopped the car once and I can get pretty loud. Um, but, you know, <laughs> that's why I suggest for all parents, put your children in the trunk. That's a joke. Don't put your children in the trunk. <laughs> this is now about to be the number one episode. No. <laughs> but, don't put your kids in the trunk. But, you know, it's, you know, anything that's distracting, you just have to put it away, not do it. Uh, and then, you know, so that's, that's for all drivers. That's my message is just when you're driving, drive. Done. Right, right. Since um, we're going into 2020, I'm at 2023 now, I'm curious about, you know, trends that you're seeing, what topics you think deserve more attention, um, where would you like to see the industry go next year and beyond? I, I think the trend that we're seeing is still a distraction. That's the biggest thing that's happening right now. As Phil said, the impairment, I think coming with, um, you know, obviously there's always been the drinking impairment, but um, self-medicating or even just uh, legalized marijuana is going to become a huge, you know, issue. Um, you know, those are some of the things, but on the positive side, technology, you know, technology is coming into play and it's going to help. Um, it's not the be all and end all, but you know, what, what we try and tell people is when you're driving, you're the one that's driving. You're the one that needs to make sure you're doing it right. Technology will help and there's good technology coming. Um, and maybe that will be a positive thing. Yeah, I'd say that, uh, you know, again, well, my, my big concern going into the next couple of years is going to be, uh, well, obviously, always, always, always is uh, distraction. But impairment thing is just, uh, it's bothering me because uh, I see some really bad trends starting and uh, and it does deal with, uh, you know, impairments from marijuana. It's not even the smoking and the vaping, it's the eating you know, the, the, the edibles and things like that. So I think it's going to uh, exceed alcohol impairment. Um, Where do you, you see companies filling the gaps or innovating to help support some of these future problems, current problems? Well, I think software like what Truth provides is one thing, you know, that's so, so we, can, we can start combating the, the, the distraction from uh, the electronics. As far as are any fleets support. using like an impairment, um, like 
app or something where you breathe into something before you can yeah, drive or yeah that's the problem with marijuana bethany is that they don't yeah have so there's going to be like a, a, a saliva test that, that that they're working on mm. uh, but it's not there yet it's going to be challenged mm -hmm. in the courts because attorneys make a lot of money you know uh and I'm not saying that that's a wrong thing people always need to be represented but there are going to be some pretty unscrupulous uh, people making a lot of money on just fighting the uh, the testing that's going to come about for marijuana impairment. But we're not there yet. And that's that again, there's my concern regarding that one. Uh, but, um, you know, companies just need to say, hey, and, and, and be very clear and strict. Uh, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it, I was going to say blunt, but this doesn't have to be blunt. It just has to be, you know, like here, here are our, our policies, and these will not be swayed from. This is this is what happens. So um, I I worked for a pharmaceutical there uh, for a few years, and uh, uh, that was the policy that we had put in place, and it addressed alcohol and and, and any um, medications over the counter, illicit drugs. And then also legalizing recreational uh, marijuana. And, th and the thing with this too, is, with that, is that it's not only just becoming legalized, it's becoming normalized. Mm -hmm. Like it's okay, you know, that, that, that you know, um, funny, I was having a lunch uh, the other day with some people and they were talking about how, you know, their kids were smoking grass in the, in the basement. Well, I mean, my dad would have had us eaten off the mantle for a month because he wouldn't have been able to sit down. <laughs> Uh, if, if we like that. But you see, so it's becoming more normalized. You know, it's it's like oh, the kid that sipped, you know, uh, you know, took a sip of dad's vodka. Well, now they're sparking up, you know, down in the basement. So it's it's and 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 then they get behind the wheel. And, and most of the time, when I arrested people for marijuana impairment, it wasn't just marijuana; it was marijuana and alcohol. So again, companies need to address this. Organizations, organizations need to address this with the people, the drivers that they manage, and um, they have to get they have to get progressive and aggressive with that. Yeah, ahead of it. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Look, look, I want to touch on that though too, Phil. You're you're bringing up a good point about you know companies need to have a strong policy regarding you know marijuana because so many states are legalizing it um canada the country has legalized it if all states legalize it in the states we're going to have nationwide you know legalization um that makes it difficult to enforce something in the workplace right it used to have a drug fee workplace right you could not be under the influence of anything but now it's legalized it stays in your system longer so companies are getting more laxed with their policy but they need to stay strong with their fleet policy at no time should you ever be under the influence of medication, um, marijuana, alcohol. It's the workplace. The vehicle is the workplace, and and they have to have strong policy there. Um, they can be laxed on other things because it's legal for either medicinal or just you know recreation, but not behind the wheel. Right. Thanks. Thanks for that. So. It sounds like you have to have quite the backbone in a role like yours. Um, and you've you've talked about some fleet managers being like, safety's not my job. I don't handle that. Um, and you said, let's see, I liked what you said. If it's not your job, make it your job. So what would you recommend to someone who's in a hostile environment towards safety? And what makes a true safety leader tick and persevere? Go ahead, Bill. <laughs> well, um, so I, I was in a situation where I worked 
uh, came to work uh, for pharma um, that had pretty much no safety culture. Uh, and um, you, you have to do it, you have to be smart, you know, so um, become allies with legal and with, uh, and with HR. And then also, uh, you have to get the C-suite on board. But I would suggest doing it first with legal and HR because they have a tendency of listening to those folks. Um, and if you don't <laughs> have, you know, <laughs> true. Um, if you don't have, um, listen, if it's not important to the boss, it's not going to be important to the troops, right? So um, you have to make sure that uh, – all levels of management are, are you know are on board with this and bob's company i saw that firsthand um the ceo of the company bob works for actually went through the training and uh. Uh, you know so that's that's <laughs> what a great example you know so yeah um that's that's really um you know i, I think it's important that you you start developing those relationships as soon as you, you know, if you're a safety person, you, you can't do it on your own. You have to have, uh, you have to have everybody on board to, to create, as Bob said, you have to create that culture. Great. Um, far too often companies are creating that culture after something happens. Um, so what you need to do is just be that person that's going to stand up and say, we don't want to have to do this after someone dies. We want to do it before. Um, I really like the idea of going to legal and HR because the C-suite will listen to legal and HR. If you have a risk department and there's going to be any kind of uh, liability, have them get involved and they will definitely support it. Um, you know, get get people, you know, on your side and, and then take it to the C-suite and then take it to, you know, first level management. Um, and, and higher management to make it happen. The safety policy that we go through, um, the series that we had really talked about that in depth, develop a, a, a safety committee, you know, do something, you know, get everybody involved, have them talk about it, have them all be uh, uh, at the table, you know, helping develop it. Um, you don't have to do it on your own, but you have to bring it up and, and get people on board. Yeah. What about from the, the ground up, any suggestions for engaging at the grassroots level as well? Within an organization? Yeah. I mean, the grassroots is going to be a driver, maybe unhappy with, you know, things not being safe. You know, that could be anything from, you know, back back to the old union days when people were in unsafe work environments and hands were getting, you know, chopped off and fingers were getting missing. You know, they're going to scream for, for safety. Um, if somebody feels that they're in an unsafe work environment, they're probably going to bring it up. Um, they're probably going to bring it up with the person who's putting them in that situation. And if they're in an unsafe vehicle or there's unsafe practices, they're probably going to go to the fleet manager. Um, but I think if you're a new fleet manager and you're not really, you know, used to this, you know, talk to your peers, talk to others, learn more about what's going on, but make safety a part of it. That that's just got to be a part of what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What I've found too, Bethany, is that, and I work for a training company. So uh, mm -hmm. what I found is that, you know, there's pushback from the drivers sometimes, you know, but then once they go through it, they're going, okay, you know, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And I can tell you, you know, firsthand experience in that when I put drivers, when I was working with a pharma company, 
I put them through the training. I saved all the emails like, hey, thank thank you for this. Well, I appreciate it. You know, I mean, then they, they realize that this is not some kind of a punishment. They need to understand, again, what I said about talking to a driver, saying the most important thing you do is you go home today. You know, and if they get that, 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 that the whole, it's okay, so one of the biggest expenses that, that uh, organizations have are crashes, especially in this country. I mean, we are a litigious society, but um, but you can say, well, that's, you know, okay. They'll, they'll, if, they, if they think, well, that's the only reason you're doing it, you're not going to succeed. You have to understand that they need to understand that the reason you're doing this is because you're absolutely concerned for their safety. You, you, right. you absolutely yeah. want them to get home safe every day. That is the main reason for it. All that other stuff, that helps, right? I mean, you know, saving the bucks. But um, it's the, the welfare of the employee is, is what you're looking out for. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. Great point. Well said. Um, so as we wrap up here, a fun question. So, Phil, you were on the police force. So if you guys were playing police on TV... I want to know who's the good cop and who's the bad cop. I have my theories, but. I, I don't know. I think we're both a, a couple of softies. He's the cop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. He... <laughs> <laughs> Pretty hard line. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I, I could see you come over and, and, and pulling me over and, and being all happy about it. <laughs> Come on, I ride the motorcycle. Oh. I, I got to be the badass, right? Okay, so a little both. <laughs> Will we both be bad cop, bad cop? I mean, I, uh... <laughs> I want to see that show. <laughs> I know. I, and again, yeah, I, I, listen, I was, I was intolerant of certain things on the police department. I, I once said to my dad, if I'd ever caught you drunk driving, you'd be handcuffed dad. And he said, I know it. Um, <laughs> so, so there were certain things. Now, listen, I got to tell you there, I was a softy in some things. If I saw you stop somebody for speeding and it's right around this time of year, and you're going into the holidays and I stop them and I see they have, you know, three car seats in the back. I'm going, yeah, I'm not giving this person a ticket. You know, now, you know, what's going to happen now. People are just going to go out and get a bunch of car seats and throw them in their car. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I was just thinking to myself, that's genius. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, uh, no, I, I'm what I said earlier about the uh, the policy and that you can't you cannot you have to have a good state, you know, solid policy in place. And Bob, you mentioned, you know, make sure risk management's involved, but also absolutely should get risk, HR, legal, everybody involved. And then once you have that policy in place, everybody signed off on it, adhere to it. So in that sense that yeah. I, you, know, you have to strictly adhere, I guess, you know, Bob and I would both be bad cops in that sense. If they, if they, if they think that's being a bad yeah. cop doing that, so be it. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're bad cops because we care about people's safety. Mm. So that makes us good cops. Um, but when it comes down to it, we've all heard angry Phil. So I'm going to put it all on Phil. <laughs> gosh so this is my last question i know we're already over time but is there um can you give us a little preview of some topics you're going to cover in future episodes so i'm looking forward to i will call it season two we started this one we'll make it season one i think we started in may this is our 21st episode it, it's been a lot of fun 
Um, I think the new year will just be season two and we'll start over. Phil's come up with a few ideas. Phil, do you have any previews you want to give? Yeah. So, I mean, just simple things. I mean, we've, we've covered, you know, vehicle maintenance and everything, but we're talking about uh, having somebody from, you know, tire manufacturer, you know, like and talking about top just, and that sounds really dry, but if you think about it, the, the only thing that is between your road and the vehicle are the tires, right? Mm-hmm. So they're pretty important. We'll talk about that. And then we uh, talked also, also um, lady who's the senior director of uh, one of the best safety organizations in the country. We're going to have her on as a guest. And so we're looking forward to having some more guests on. And then um, again, any, we're, we, we always, we always say we want to be seasonal and topical. So if something pops up that is a hot, uh, hot button issue, we're going to cover that. But, um, and there are things that need to be repeated, you know, just yeah. like as we're right now, you know, I think every episode we say, don't drive distracted. I mean, we beat people <laughs> up on that. And you know what? We cannot, we cannot say it enough. Right. You know, what, one thing that we have talked about doing and we have to figure out how to do it is, um, um, maybe do a, a, a live podcast at a conference. Ooh. So, Love um, that. Have anybody come over to our table and just be a part of it. Talk about what's on their minds, what what they're doing about safety, and just doing it doing it live. Now, of course, it'll be recorded, and then it'll, you know be rebroadcast, you know, from a, a live recording. But I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm so glad to hear that you've got lots in store. I can't wait to listen next season, and I really appreciate you guys' time and and answers. It's been a pleasure and a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for reaching out to us. Thanks for being the fangirl. Yeah, we have one. Yay. Um, but no, uh, really excited. And I, I know that you said you're going to share this on your blog. Do you want to say what your blog is or any social media that the truce has? Yeah. So you can find us on Twitter and on LinkedIn. We have a YouTube channel as well, and it's truthsoftware.com is our website. We have a blog on there. So you'll see some content from this podcast come out and an article kind of recapping our conversation. So, Well, that's great. We'll put it in the description in YouTube and, and anybody on uh, any of the popular podcast platforms just heard that. So hopefully they'll go there and, and see that and watch that and learn more about truce. But thank you so much for reaching out to us and interviewing us on our podcast that was a uh, made for a fun episode yeah. so thank you so much i appreciate it you're so yeah, welcome thanks. thank you thank you all right well with that we're going to sign off um if you're watching this on youtube please give us a like and subscribe if you're on your popular podcast platform make sure you're subscribing so that you can be notified of future episodes and again thank you so much everybody have a happy holidays and we'll talk soon